Pizza City is brought to you in part by United Healthcare. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. You know, it'd be great to be like, hey, all of our dough is going to be five days, going to be 105 hour ferment. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't think with a round slice, it's as important as a Sicilian slice. I think once nothing touches the oven before it's hit at least 72 hours. Usually, actors and writers in New York order pizza for a quick, inexpensive meal. But in Tommy DeGrezia's case, the writer turned into a pizza shop owner, along with his friend, the actor. The result is a slice shop near the United Nations in a pizza desert where Sicilians, grandmas, and classic triangles are fermented extra long for extra flavor. The story behind Sofia Pizza Shop, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City, um, as we are every other Friday doing another edition for you. From We've got some material we've uh, been saving. We were doing a lot of uh, recording in January and February, right before everything kind of went crazy. And so that is the case with today's show uh, from New York City. Now, this, uh, this story begins actually two years ago because I was in New York doing a lot of eating research for the book. And now, even though my book is about Chicago pizza, I knew that I would have to tackle a bunch of New York City places just to have an understanding so that I could talk about the differences between our two cities. And so I'd reached out to some some writer friends of mine and some pros, asked them for suggestions, compiled a list of about 50, 55 places, um, and then checked these off on four different visits to New York. And each each visit was about 13 or 14 places in about three days. So on this visit two years ago, um, I remember going, and I'd written, these, I'd written all these down. I've got copious notes and pictures. I started at Patsy's up in Harlem. I went to Sal and Carmine on the Upper West Side, which I thought was overrated. Motorino, um, and then my son Max met me uh, for the rest of the weekend. We started at Upland, uh, which... Pretty restaurant, but the pizza I thought was just so-so. Joe's for a classic slice. Uh, John's of Bleecker up the street. Legendary, but a bit overrated. Keste for that wood-fired pizza. Uh, Martina, now sadly closed. Gino Sorbillo. Adrian's Pizza Bar. We took a long walk down to Wall Street. And then the next day, um, I met Dana Cowan, former editor from Food & Wine magazine, at Corner Slice over at Gotham West Market. And then finally, the last place we hit before we went to LaGuardia, was Sophia Pizza Shop. 
Now, I had heard about this place through Arthur Bovino, and you know him as thepizzacowboy.com. And on Instagram, he is NYC Best Pizza, although he has been away from the city for several weeks during quarantine, and he's been tackling frozen pizzas. I know the guy is itching to get back to New York City. Um, and, and Arthur said, you got to try this place. He had written about Sophia. He, there's a thing called the Dodici, which is this extra-long fermentation, 30 plus dollar pie which I had never had, still have not had. Um, but um, I had a couple of, I had a grandma and I had a, a triangle. And I remember after eating all of this pizza I just described, and on this day we had been to three places already, I, I'll never forget I had a second slice, a second grandma. It was so good before I went to the airport. I, I ate it in the cab with my son. And even he was perplexed. It's like, what the hell are you doing? And I find out today on the show why that was so good. You're going to hear a little bit later. So anyway, Tommy DeGretzi and I were connected through Arthur again, and I had intended to meet him last year, uh, but he had to cancel. His wife had a baby, Mazel Tov. And then we finally reconnected in January, just a few weeks before everything changed. Tommy, thanks for meeting me here at the shop. Uh, I know you got a newborn at home, and so sleep is a premium, so I appreciate you you getting out here bleary-eyed to see me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Sorry we couldn't make last time work out. Technically, we're kind of at like Sutton Place on the east side, about 10 blocks north of the UN on First Avenue. Um, not an area known for amazing pizza places. Um, why did you decide to set up here with your partner, Matt? Because um, I lived across the street and I kept looking at this empty spot. I was like, that'd be a great little spot for a pizzeria. And like you said, there was no pizzerias. Everything was garbage and kind of still is garbage over here. Typically ask people what their first pizza memory is. I'm going to guess because you kind of grew up in the business. Your grandfather, was it J&V? Is it in Brooklyn? Yeah, J&V, Brooklyn is my, uh, is my pizza memory. Classic slice? Classic slice. I was a picky child. I would only eat, like, plain pizza. I wouldn't eat margarita if the sauce had, like, any chunkiness to it. I wouldn't even go near it. So the slice you have here that we, we, we just eaten a little bit here, this is kind of like your childhood slice you're looking at? Growing up a little bit, I like I like it more sauce forward. So um, we, you know, we decided when we opened, we weren't going to shred our mozzarella. We were going to do slices on our slicer so that we could arrange the cheese so that there would be so a sauce stream, you know, in between the cheese slices. So you would get sauce and cheese with each bite. So your grandfather had this business, J&V, legendary place. Did you think as a kid that was going to be your destiny? No, I, I, I try at all costs to avoid hospitality in general. I, I'm, I'm not really built for it. My first forte into it was uh, our wine bar, Sophia Wine Bar, which I opened with my dad, uh, who's since then retired. We were starting to add little foods, and I decided I wanted to add small format pizzas to that. I learned basically how to make pizza as a child. I was always around it. I, I made, made my first pizza when I was like... 10 or 11 years old. How does this evolve into opening up Sophia with, with Matt? Uh, we've been here almost four years, but like five years ago, uh, the idea came in to do a, um, like a slice place, like a more old fashioned, like just offer slices and large format pies, but we weren't really going to offer anything else. We weren't going to be one of these pizzerias that had like chicken wings and, you know, like crazy food menus. Like we really just wanted to be pizza, but it took us a year to get them to present us with a lease. This is a tiny space, by the it's way. Tiny. Um, we have storage downstairs, like, and it's like 380 square feet up here. How do you get into this? Like, what we're going to do? We're going to just do slices. We're going to do squares. Yeah. So, I mean, we opened with Sicilians, grandmas, and round, and we were like, we're going to keep it pretty basic. Uh, we um, we switch our 
our Sicilians, there's always a plane, and sometimes we switch between a pepperoni or an upside-down style or a vodka upside-down with pepperoni. So those are the three. Explain upside-down to people not from New York. Um, so I guess it's made famous by uh, Spumoni Garden, L&B in Brooklyn, uh, which is another pizza I grew up eating, where the cheese is up against the, um, the raw dough and, uh, or the shell, whichever way you make it. And uh, you dump on that uh, the pizza sauce, cook that thing, and then when it comes out, you throw a bunch of grated cheese on it. So you're basically just switching up the order of a regular Sicilian. So whenever someone's like, which one should I get? We're like, well, I don't know if you prefer the taste of cheese or sauce more. That's your answer, pretty much. Uh, and then we opened with a plain grandma and like a seasonal where we would just constantly switch around what it was going to be. Uh, and then we did vodka sauce, meatballs, sausage, pepperoni, plain margarita. And um, we ended up doing something called, um, so at the wine bar, I make a one of the first rep- recipes I ever created was a Spanish artichoke dip. Uh, it became so popular at the wine bar that when we came here, we thought it would be a fun item to bring over in some regard to like bridge the gap between the places. Uh, so we ended up making a spinach dip pizza. And then Insider came and did like they, they got wind of it and they asked if they could come do a, um, a video on it. Um, uh, Matt's wife, my partner's wife, Melissa, handles our PR. And so she handled with that with them and arranged everything. And... Um, it, uh, it just kind of blew up. So people were coming in from tri-state area to take pies home, driving in from Jersey. Like, we were going through so much of it. And, like, it got something like like 8 or 10 million or 12 million views. It got shared, like, a million times. Like So a spinach dip? A spinach artichoke dip on pizza. And it became very popular. Other places started, like, uh, copying it after. It was, you know, it's really, like, nice kind of flattering. Ours is, like, a traditional, like... It's made with very expensive cheeses, imported cheeses, but it's it's more cheesy and stringy than it is like just full on cream. It doesn't run, and we do it in dollops, and they kind of the top of it kind of bakes over in the oven, so like it it's creamy when you bite into it, but it doesn't slide off, and we don't cover it, so it's all dollops. So it's like these little coins throughout the whole thing. ask you about the Dodici. Now, we're not having that today. It's quite involved. If you come here to Sofia, you'll see a couple of uh, news clippings on the wall about this Dodici, the $38 pizza the Times wrote about. Uh, what is the Dodici, and why is it so infrequently appearing now on the menu? It's a 12-hour uh, pie, so essentially, I make a special dough for it. It's not a regular um, recipe that I use on this pizza. Uh, it involves a different level of hydration, uh, and then it's, um, it's risen for 12 hours, in a um, in a Detroit pan, uh, I actually do have a Dodici pan that I designed with Allied, but um, we never put them into production. So I do use that once in a while. Allied's in the Bronx, I think. Yes, okay. yes, uh, the metal company which we use for all of our pans. It's like a seventy percent hydration. Um, I would say the Dodici starts lower, and uh, it's hydrated. It absorbs a lot of extra virgin olive oil over the course of 12 hours. And depending on the humidity and the temperature, uh, which is why I, I d- never know quite when to check on it. So I just always do it every half hour. Uh, so it's just very involved because depending what the temperature in here is and how much humidity is in the air, it changes the way it rises and it changes the amount of oil I'll put. And s- to slow that down, I usually dump a lot of grated cheese on it. 
like if it's just getting too big, I kind of weigh it down with the edges and on top of grated cheese. And so like it, it, it's this process of oil, then cheese, oil, then cheese. And that med- there's no measurement to it. It changes. It's all basically done on eye because it took me like three or four months to get to the point where I understood the way that dough was going to react in every kind of situation, which is why I never I couldn't really show anyone else how to make it. Um, you know, my staff all sees me making all day, but like, there's no obvious answer to why I'm doing something. And you were able to do it across the street because you could yeah. kind of come back and check on it frequently over the 12-hour period. Yeah, so I would constantly come back and forth. If I was working here for the day, it was easy because I would just con- keep a constant eye on it. I kept it usually by one of my, um, like, security cameras so I could see it rising. And if it looked like it was getting big or I'd have staff send me a picture of it. We would do- sell three tickets for the night, and I would usually rise four pies there in case something happens to one of them. Uh, and then we would like have that as a bonus pie, either it'd make it for the staff or like we could have people on hold and be like, hey, if by this time we know these pies are fine, you could have that pie at this time. And they would come in and instead of having to buy a ticket, they would like just come pay in person. So how would people find out about if you're going to do it again? Uh, just follow us on social media, same as always. I mean, we post them to Instagram and share them across all three platforms, Twitter and Facebook. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking with Tommy DeGrezia here at Sofia Pizza Shop in New York City. Uh, we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. We talk a lot about classic pizza pies on the show, but where can you find a plant-based pizza with an amazing crust? Blackbird Foods is a New York City-based producer of plant-based frozen pizzas using only handmade dough that rises overnight, just like from the best pizza shops. Flat disks of mass-produced dough on conveyors not allowed. Blackbird uses the highest quality ingredients that are 100% non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, and kosher. They've got four varieties, classic margarita, supreme, that's peppers, onions, and Blackbird's plant-based sausage, kale and mushroom, and barbecued chicken. Now, I had the kale and mushroom and the supreme. They actually sent me one of each. I actually, I loved the crust and the chew. I baked it on my stone, uh, preheated, of course. Uh, Even the cheese... And it's not fior de latte, but if you've got vegans in the family or guests over, this is seriously a legit pizza that even the non-vegans are going to like. The best part of all, they now ship direct from their website, blackbirdfoods.com. Use the code PIZZACITY for 10% off plus free shipping. That's blackbirdfoods.com, code PIZZACITY for 10% off and free shipping. Blackbird Foods Pizza, making vegan pies delicious. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're here talking with Tommy DeGrezia, uh, co-owner of Sophia Pizza Shop in New York City. We're on First Avenue at about 54th, uh, about 10 blocks north of the UN. And in the last segment, we talked about some of the different styles you do here, Grandma Sicilian and the round. Um, let's start with the round. That's the, the classic New York slice, one you grew up eating at your grandfather's place, JV. What is Matt's background? So both me and Matt are actually in um, film. So uh, Matt uh, had a really... Uh, cool career uh, working on 30 Rock uh, as like a series regular and he uh, stood in for uh, Alec Baldwin so uh, he was on 30 Rock for basically the whole run I think from season two or three on. I am a, a writer but we're both also just big pizza fans and I always had the wine bar also and so when I was doing this I kind of I asked Matt if he wanted to uh, kind of go on this 
adventure with me. I don't know if he regrets that decision or not. It's, you know, it's a crazy... Uh, Everybody always says, don't do this. Don't do it. You're crazy. I know. Yeah. And, and listen, they're not wrong because it's, it's hell. I think the dough evolved over the first year that we were open, and by the end of the first year, um, I had settled on what I knew I loved as the dough, uh, and then we just kept changing the fermentation and wanted to see how far I could push it. How does that start? All-purpose flour? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, use, I do a blend of a few different flours. You know, it'd be great to be like, hey, all of our dough is going to be five days, going to be 105 hour ferment. That'd be amazing. Um, I don't think with a round slice it's as important as a Sicilian slice. I think once nothing touches the oven before it's hit at least 72 hours. So all of our rounds are 72 hours fermented. Uh, our Sicilians are five days. Uh, sometimes they go up to seven days. Um, depends how much I make. So I make the Sicilian dough separately uh, because the hydration is much higher. And is the sauce different for the round and the Sicilian? Uh, no, uh, so there's our classic pizza sauce. Everything, there's no sugar added to anything here. We don't even keep it on premise. Everything is sweetened with vegetables. Um, our cook sauce, you know, um, is uh, for our margaritas and our grandmas. Um, then we have our vodka sauce. And then I have my classic pizza sauce, which is the, it's an uncooked sauce. Uh, but again, not, there's no sugar added to that. We just use really nice California tomatoes um, and you know, we don't like water them down. Like it's really a nice, rich, hearty sauce. You like anybody want a name check for brands or tomato sauce at all? No, I don't like to. Okay. Um, the vodka sauce is <laughs> definitely paying me. <laughs> vodka, you're right, no one's paying you. Vodka sauce is definitely a New York thing. I don't see it as much in the Midwest. Um, I know Ruby Rosa does a vodka sauce. A lot of folks do vodka sauce. Uh, how do you do that? What is that? So the vodka sauce started as my, it's my grandfather from JMV. It's his vodka sauce recipe that like he would make once in a blue moon. And uh, my dad taught it to me um, before we opened here. And then I just, I had to change it a little bit just for consistency for pizza. Uh, but it's like 80% like his recipe, but it's really, it, I mean, it's a cream based sauce. I mean, there is vodka in it, but it's burned out, of course. What about the cheese? Um, a lot of guys love grande in New York as well, even though it's a Wisconsin cheese. Some like uh, well, Galvani. Some here though. Started here. Yeah, grande started in Brooklyn, or the, it was either Brooklyn or the Bronx. I did not know that. They moved to Wisconsin in the '70s, I think. I want to say. Yeah, we use grande. We use grande whole milk. And you like slices? You said for. Uh, yeah. I like slices. I don't like shredded cheese, uh, just because I feel like it's easy. I think there's more inconsistency because every every pie man is very talented and they have their own like uh, pros and cons, but everyone's got their own kind of hand weight and you could say, hey, put it in a cup and do that, but let's be realistic, you know, nobody's doing that. So like there's slices, there's a count, and they're all packed individually, so every guy makes the same, like same looking pie because they put the same amount of cheese. Okay. Obviously, there's pepperoni, margarita, there's a classic. Uh, do, you, do you have to do a sausage? I mean, in Chicago, you have to do a sausage, of course. Yeah, I mean, I love sausage pizza. Sausage pizza is probably my favorite after plain. Uh, we use Faiko's Pork Store. That I will say because he's, he's awesome. It's not raw, pinched, and pressed on the pie like in Chicago with lots of fennel in it. No, so we do use a fennel one, and we could. We could, sli you know, we could, uh, Faiko's willing to sell it to me, either just a bag of loose sausage, 
or like case. Uh, we take the case just because um, we cook a certain amount at a time. Um, we half cook it and then we uh, get it super, super cold. We refrigerate it overnight and then we slice it long ways on our slicer and it's still somewhat raw, but it's firm from being refrigerated and then it finishes cooking. So you get a nice juicy sausage slice. I'm trying to look at the, the make of the oven back there. Is that Marsal? Yeah, it's Marsal. So. Such a popular oven now. I've seen it, it everywhere. Is. They're electrical socks though. It hasn't worked right since I bought it. That's it. I will say I've asked them to fix it like a million times. The, the lights, I, so we've been cooking in the dark since like three weeks in. Like, so that's right, almost so a note years. to the folks from Marsal, if you're listening to the show, uh, fix the electrical here at Sophia. Is this a spe- special model you like or just? Uh, we, we have their big boy. We have the one that um, you could put uh, 16 pies, a double, double decker. Okay, well, I want to get into the squares a bit now. So Grandma and, and Sicilian, um, they're different. Now, my understanding is Sicilian is pressed into a pan and left to proof a bit, in your case, I guess, five days. Um, and then topped and baked. Grandma is typically the same day. It's, 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 it's a shorter. It's a shorter well, pie. Uh, so our grandma dough is our round dough. So it's 72 hours fermented. We don't ferment anything in a pan. Uh, we ferment everything in our fiberglass casings. We use the, the large trays. Uh, so the Sicilians are batched separately, five days. Grandmas are 72 hours, just like round. So they come up just as we're making round. When somebody orders uh, grandma, it's pressed right there. And we'll let it get to like we'll let it get to room temperature, and uh, it's easier to stretch, whatnot. So we'll leave some dough out for that. And then what we do is with the Sicilians, uh, that we will once we stretch it out, then we let it proof in the pan for a couple of hours before we we actually make the the pizza itself. Uh, sometimes we're very busy. We'll we'll do some par bakes and let them kind of cool down. If we don't use them all, then we wrap them individually in saran wrap and let the moisture kind of cut out in the refrigerator overnight. Um, and you do get a crunchier Sicilian the next day with a parbake and lighter inside. It's hard to get like a fresh risen, like crunchy, airy Sicilian. I noticed the undercarriage, both your styles of pizza, beautifully even browned, excellent crispy crunch to it. Um, is that a secret that you've worked on over the years? A lot of it comes with the, the way that it mix the dough. Uh, and I've changed my mixture style a lot of times. Uh, I've taken advice from a lot of people like uh, John Arena at Metro. Uh, we had like long discussions about Sicilian pizza because I was doing 72 hours across the board. And he was the one that told me, he's like, just do a little bit longer on your Sicilians. I'm like... I guess I can do that since, I mean, I don't make nearly as many of those as I do the round and they have their own sections. So like I just like I tripled my uh, my batches. So I'll make a lot more Sicilians in one shot than I used to so that I know I'm able to age them. And uh, so, yeah, they get to five days. And that definitely changed all that. That helped the Sicilian a lot with the airiness in the center. We use extra virgin olive oil um, in our in our mixes for the dough. I've messed with that measurement quite often, and also with uh, how much is put in, how often. I know a lot of people just put it all kind of in the beginning or um, do it within the first couple of minutes. I found that breaking it up over the course of the entire mix gave me a much crunchier dough in the end. And you have to have that cup and char pepperoni, I notice, and you're doing the, the honey as well now. 
Yeah, I mean... Um, the co- Mike's Hot Honey? It is Mike's Hot I love Mike. Nobody wants to see those gross, big, flat pepperonis anymore. They just don't look good. Uh, and they don't taste good. Like, I never ate pepperoni. I'm not a pepperoni person to begin with, but I could eat these cup and char ones like every day. They are really good. And the Mike's Hot Honey. Uh, so that that was a special, and it was so popular that it just stayed on. So it's... Uh, I believe that's the one you had. It's, um, it's four different cheeses, a sautéed sweet onions... Um, the cup and char pepperonis, vodka sauce, and Mike's hot honey. So what I do is I put the hot honey on the raw dough before the cheese goes on, so it bakes into the raw dough, and then I finish it with hot honey one more time when it comes out of the oven. That's why it's so delicious. So that just answered my question because when I was here with my son two years ago doing my initial New York pizza research, this was the last stop we had before we went to the airport. We had been to 12 places over the last two days, and I had two slices of the gram. I was so good. <laughs> All right, last question. Uh, we ask everybody on the show here, uh, knowing what you know now about pizza, because, of course, this is a lifelong learning process, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself five years ago, just before you opened up here, uh, Sophia, about being successful? Open up outside of New York State. <laughs> because? Because it's just very, it's very difficult to be successful here. Everything's kind of uh, going against you. You have the rents are going against you. You have, like, just the laws set in place that are kind of, you know, set in place, obviously, to protect, like, employees as they should be. But also, um, you know, the owner's always wrong. I came into it with respect for the craft, and I still have that. But I think I would tell myself to maybe bring pizza to an area that actually is in need of good pizza. Because I love what we do, and people love, you know, love our pizza. As many people love it as hate it. But it's hard, New York. So I, I would I would go somewhere where like people would really truly appreciate having people who care about that craft that much. Whenever you want to come to Chicago, I'll put you in touch with uh, some real estate people. We'd love to have this pizza in the Windy City. Tom DeGrazia from uh, Sophia Pizza Shop. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sue. Coming up in two weeks, a trip to Silicon Valley for a once in a while pizza from a well-known bakery. It might be a three Michelin star restaurant that we're, you know, partners with, but we we didn't open a bakery that had like the perfect piece of equipment ever, because there is no perfect piece of equipment. And if you only know how to bake because you have the perfect equipment, then I don't think you're that much of a baker. No, if, you know, I mean, you're a lucky person and maybe your life's a lot easier than mine, but you're not. The team, myself, we need to learn how to understand the dough and understand how to use the equipment we have and how to use the techniques we're comfortable with to execute the the vision we originally had. I'll talk to Avery Ruzica, head baker at Manresa Bread in tiny Campbell, California, near Los Gatos. That's in two weeks on June 5th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and rate us, please. I would love to know what you like or absolutely cannot stand about the show. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. We're hoping to get the tours back up and running in July. We're going to be holding uh, virtual pizza parties on Zoom every other week, every other Thursday. We just did one last night with Paulie G from New York talking about his slices, uh, what New York slices are. That was a very interesting conversation. The next one is slated for June 4th. That's going to be with Rich Labriola of Labriola Ristorante, my favorite deep dish in town. And you can now order it via Gold Belly anywhere in the U.S. So get on that now. You're going to be able to enjoy a deep Russo sausage while we talk to the guy who created it. Sign up to be on our mailing list, by the way, for more information about this kind of stuff 
at my website, stevedolinsky.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just to remind everybody, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, and keep social distancing. Please, please, please keep ordering pizzas and keep your favorites afloat during the pandemic. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always.